0: I've had those customers, I mean, they literally will call looking at the notes on the account 70 plus times. Well, I can run an ROI at, at 15 minutes of phone call and it's gone this. They are costing us thousands of dollars. It makes complete sense. Please fire them. Welcome to the Consultant and the Coach Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Josh. Hey, everybody. And when when is it appropriate to fire a client and customer? When is it time to just say, hey too
1: much. I'm yep. done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that today.
0: We are, and we're going to start with it, you know, to make sure our hearts are in the right position. Mm-hmm. What, what Bible verse popped out to you, Josh?
1: Well, I think we decided on uh, Titus 3, 10 through 11, right? hmm. Yep. Uh, this version, which there's a couple, but uh, Titus 3, 10 through 11, reject a divisive person. After a first and second warning, knowing that such a person is perverted and, and sins, being self-condemned. And obviously, I think that's talking about, you know, separating from person for spiritual reasons. But I think there's a lot of application there, as we'll talk about today, for um, reading into that business world, right, in terms of... Um, Absolutely. So, but,
0: yeah, so we are taking this, you know, the, the, the letter of Titus was written to the Christian church and it was written uh, for believers. We're, we're, we're taking it out of context mm-hmm. And uh, I have to say that because I'm a former seminary student, yeah, we're not so we're we're taking not, no. it out of context. <laughs> but there's a lot of things. It was even though it wasn't the primary meaning of the text, mm-hmm. we can definitely use this. W- when is it time to fire a customer or fire a client from consulting? Right. When is it, when is it right?
1: Yeah. Um, no, and I think there's a, I think there's definitely some stories we can we can talk about today that I think there's some principles around the relationship around the. Um, Evaluating the strengths of the company you have, like mm-hmm. your company, whether you're a person of one or a person of 5,000 or 100,000, um, and also the needs and the um, value that that revenue is providing you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that may change over time too, right? Yeah.
0: So first, w- w- when deciding to fire a client or a customer, I want to acknowledge there are seasons in one's business. So yep. for example, when I was, I, I, I've run a number of different companies over my time. For my I've, I've run my own painting company. I've run my own home healthcare company, several other ones. When you're getting off the ground and if you have no income,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: cannot be picky. Nope. You can't say, oh I'm waiting for the perfect client. Mm-hmm. If you have no income,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you have no clients. So it's hard. So there were a number of people who yeah. I remember you know, starting off as a painter. I think I was making four or five bucks an hour because well, if I have one and I'm gonna do a great job. yep. And so I can't be all that picky, but let's just say what we're talking about now is the business is established. At least you have a few customers Mm -hmm. or a few clients. Yeah. And that's what we're going to use. When is it appropriate to fire a client customer?
1: Yeah. No, and I think just to build on that a little bit, you know, the examples that I'll talk to in a little bit is is based on me, you know, having to move on from a particular client um, who actually I had done work for Mm -hmm. early on in my journey when I was less able to be picky. (laughs) Right, <laughs> because I was building the business, and you know, as as we'll talk a little bit about, you know, as that built as that uh, business has continued to grow, my consulting work, um, it became you know not a good fit, not just because I was busy, but as we'll talk about, there's lots of reasons why, as you assess who you are as a, as a company and what you're good at, what you're best at, where you mm-hmm. deliver the greatest value, and where you then have to be careful about uh, applying whatever limited resources you have, be it people, time, money. You have to pick the best, highest value places for that to go. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And one thing. Um, so let's say you already have a business that's going. And um, like, w- w- which example am I going to give? I'll oh, uh, another business that I run is I have an Airbnb house, and so we, when we started and put it on the market, well, I have a I have a mortgage to pay. I have to hit. Like break even for me on this house is two thousand dollars a month. Well, that even at a hundred dollars a night, I have to get twenty nights booked to break even, not mm-hmm. even make a profit. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. We just put it out there, and we would discount it to as little as eighty bucks a night. Um, but then we got to the point where it, it has a pool. It's on a park. We live in Yakima, Washington. It's nice. I've been able to slowly raise that rate up to. Uh, key weekend dates in the summer up to $500 a night because it's a heck of a nice house. Right. And I'm at that point where I can choose to fire clients and customers, not even ones that have been a pain in the rear end, but I put notes in the accounts where someone once asked me, you know, I found a little bit of hair on the corner. We're dog friendly. And I chose to fire that client. They don't know I've blocked them on my thing, but it was one of those things. I've chosen to fire them because, hey, you know what? I just... They made my life hard, and I have more than enough people willing to pay $500 nice right. for this nice, <clears throat> for this amazing house. So that is a client I've chosen to fire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I don't want to deal with it. I have yeah. a great house, and I want people to enjoy it and use it for you know weddings and uh, just fun times. That's high what school parties, for. right? High's, high's,
1: no, not high school parties. I'm joking with only you. Only high school You're parties are is.
0: when my kids do that. They don't pay, though. but. <laughs>
1: You don't You have a pool, it's
0: by the way. Yeah. Last Thursday, we had it open, we, we save it one or two nights a week for my kids. My kids go, Hey, dad, can I invite some friends over? Yeah, sure, not a problem. My wife's like, Honey, how many
1: kids ended up in the pool?
0: Over 20. Nice, so yes, high school parties, but they do know to clean it up because if they don't clean it up quite well, not, they're,
1: they don't they're don't get gonna it get again. fired as a client. Mm-hmm.
0: And really, if you're gonna have a party, you might as well have a party at your house so you can watch them because there's not gonna be any funny business, right we that right. That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, I, know, mean, I had a similar experience uh, this last year, actually, and I told you about this before, but um, there was this uh, work, interestingly, great, actually, really interesting work. I've worked with um, a client who he's actually um, an attorney, and so his work is, is really interesting because it's sort of at the intersection of law and strategy and of course he really benefits from having uh strategy and go-to-market strategy and product market fit experts that i work with on different projects to sort of supplement and work on particular clients and accounts and things like that so um in the past i've done hourly work for him and it's been really interesting um the work itself is interesting but in the past there was a couple of weird experiences where um you know i think a couple years ago in fact i was getting texted during and called during the Christmas Eve service, right, and trying to finish up a, an account. And it turns out not everybody celebrates Christmas, so it's not something that people even think about. They just kind of don't have good boundaries around holidays, and particularly they celebrate other um, holidays. So that was sort of a marker back then of the first, second, third, fourth project I'd done with them that was like, well, eh, this may not be a fit. But um, fast forward then another 18, 24 months. I uh, had a chance to work together again, um, and it was, um, you know, an interesting client who did a few hours of work on a sort of initial deliverable, which the client was super happy with and, and the firm was great with. Um, but what had happened was, you know, my work, just business had continued to grow. I'd been able to really work on retainer with some really dynamic clients that was a lot of fun, um, and I and I laid out to them, I said, hey, you know, my best work, because I don't really ever stop thinking about the work, and you know, in terms of always turning on a problem in my mind, you know, just because of the, the work I do in strategy is not terribly transactional, right? It's very Mm -hmm. thought based and attorneys, I think, I think speaking of business models, this is one of the kind of principles, think about the key business model principles of your clients and whether or not your resources and capabilities are fit there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my biggest resource constraint is my time right because of the consultant you know a lot of what i do is, is very thought i'm thinking about problems for my clients when i'm out for a run i'm thinking about it at two in the morning when i wake up not because i'm stressed but it's just because i wake up and then i think about it it's like oh you know and i'll solve mm-hmm. weird problems at weird times of the day and that's pretty different than this um attorney's model for kind of billing tnm time and materials and so Basically, what I suggested to them was, hey, if we're going to work together, my best work is done in a retainer relationship, kind of carving out a set number of hours, not doing T&M um, in terms of specific cataloging because mm-hmm. of the fact that there's all this other time that I'm just sort of thinking about and solving the problems, owning a client relationship. I'm very good at that, I like to be kind of understanding what the total SOW is versus this um, person was trying to sort of be the intermediary there, which is fine. That's their model. Um and a number of other kind of principles on how they did business versus where i was at my best Mm -hmm. in terms of um how i did my work how i delivered how i communicated um those were not good fits and it, it was exceedingly more difficult to work with that model than it was frankly worth it and excuse me um and actually what came down to the end of the day was i sort of laid out hey here's what it takes and then, interestingly enough, they said, okay, yeah, that's great. And, but one of those things of what it takes is you have to pay the retainer up front to reserve my time because that's oh. called a retainer. You retain my time. Uh, <laughs> and they said, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And then they never sent it. They never sent it. They never sent it. And after, like, I went back and counted 19 email communications on the matter, um, back and forth, because I, I didn't want to commit to something else, but I had other people asking for my time. And so finally it was clear they were not going to follow through, uh, or at least I had no confidence that they would and so then I went ahead and picked up another client because there was other people asking for my time as well and slotted that time in for them and then another week later they came back and said well wait a second are you ready to help us and I go but you never paid the retainer and they said oh we're paying it today and I go well it's too late There you go. (laughs) and that that led to a bit of a uh, so it was sort of firing by default but um, it wasn't a great model to begin with because our business models are so different Uh, and I think that's one of the key principles here is you know evaluating your business model and that of your client. Evaluating whatever your resource constraints are in mine is time um, and whether or not that is a problem for the client who you're working with. You
0: and, know. and so it sounds like essentially you chose to fire them because they did not pay the retainer, which makes complete sense.
1: Well and yes, and I would say there's there was also a recognition that their model wasn't a good fit with mine. So that mm-hmm. was sort of the culmination of it. Like, that's the output metric. But the process measure of trying to figure out how to do business together for a month and having this back and forth, it was clear. The reason that we got to that outcome was because the fact that I was asking for that was so contradictory to how they were used to doing business, mm-hmm. right? Because this 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 person who's incredibly well-connected and super smart and, and does great work for the clients— had sort of rallied around himself a pretty um, impressive, um, I would say, stable of deep experts with very name well-known um, experts who he had figured out how to sort of pay them on T and M because they were sort of semi-retired and/or between gigs and yeah. they were pretty, or it was extra to their job, and he'd pay them for a few hours here and a few hours there for their expertise, and that was kind of typical for him, and that was fine. Um, but this was not sort of additive to my job it was it was fundamental to my work and mm-hmm. so to dedicate hours to him would actually cost me significantly more if all of a sudden he didn't fill those hours and someone else did right so mm-hmm. if someone else couldn't because i didn't know what was coming from him so it was just a it was a resource constraint issue
0: and, you know what what i like about what you just said was you know it's it worked for you because you know how you function best how you flourish best right and if also it short changes
1: him yeah
0: if you're not functioning at your best and what you're telling him is hey you're hiring a top-end consultant to do that this is how i function best yeah it'd be like hey i'm gonna be a great athlete but i'm gonna eat hamburgers every night and i'm not gonna sleep and i'm gonna have bourbon every night and no you're gonna run horrible because those aren't you're very hyper aware. this is what it causes you to flourish as a consultant
1: and i think that for all of our listeners right it's it's this evaluation that we've talked a lot about of of your business and how your business flourishes right Absolutely. and what scenarios does your business offer the greatest value right and, and from a resourcing and a, and a delivery and a value perspective um and by understanding that you're able to really zero in on the right clients and say no to all the other things right because mm-hmm. saying no is a huge challenge i think for most people
0: but to come back this is a sliding scale Mm -hmm. because it's not like we can say hey this is my passion this is what i'm going to do you you have no customers Mm -hmm. you cannot Mm -hmm. make that decision when there's no customers
1: right right like i said i've worked with that Mm -hmm. that um that person before and it's been a good relationship in the past um when i was you know less busy and less in demand
0: but here's the cool thing they might come back in six months and say hey we really need to work with you and you'd be like That'd be great. I need the retainer up front so I can give you yeah. what you need. And I've had people; I've they have fired me, and I've come back to them and saying, "Oh, I need you." Okay, so this is how we're doing it, and it's been helpful to me because they fired me with grace, saying right. this does not work because we're not going to work this way.
1: Yeah. No, we. No, nobody. I don't think left. You know, angry or distraught over the relationship. It just is. Sometimes things are not fit, mm-hmm. and. The world being what it is, you know, I think the other thing is, you know, we could talk a little bit about is how to do it well, right? And maintaining relationship um, because the world is a small place and things change very quickly.
0: (laughs) Oh, and and yes, it is. And so another one of my businesses is a medical supply. So we have literally on a given year, we're right around five to 10,000 customers. Mm -hmm. We frequently have to fire our customers. And it's Mm -hmm. really fascinating when I hire a new team member and he's like, or they're like you mean we can fire customers I'm like absolutely please do fire some customers you need you always need a team lead's permission before you fire a customer but it's amazing the empowerment that we give some of our workers if they know they can fire people,
1: mm, mm-hmm.
0: and because I, I've looked and you know, typically I fire too late. And we're getting much much better, but I've had those customers. I mean, they literally will call, looking at the notes on the account, seventy plus times. Well, I can run an ROI at, yeah. at fifteen minutes of phone call, and it's gone. This they are costing us thousands of dollars. It mm. makes complete sense please fire them Mm -hmm. and they're not going to be happy with this anyway i'll just tell them hey if you have that person let them hey you know this just doesn't seem to be a good like a good relationship i'm going to encourage you to go to abc medical over here let us know we'd be more than happy to fax your prescription over to them they are shocked um and one is like they obviously don't like us but sometimes they'll come back to us and like well no one else wants to work with me well it sounds like you have a problem then (laughs) But that's on them. It's not my job to figure
1: out why everyone hates them.
0: It's because you yell at everyone.
1: and You can't yell at us. Yeah. They they might have a deeper problem there than just uh, their medical supply. Oh, eh,
0: no kidding. Absolutely. (laughs) So I I wrote down a little... uh, Someone told me this two decades ago, and I... The saying is, unmet expectations are the greatest source of disappointment mm-hmm. in the United States today. So just think about the first unmet expectations. So typically, mm-hmm. when someone gets mad, it's because they have an expectation this thing is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't, there's a source of friction. You know, in your case, is the retainer paid up front or is it hourly? How do we get expectations to coincide so we don't have to fire clients and customers?
1: right? right. Well, I think the, it, part of that is just communication, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is customer service 101 is is, you know, at least in my business, continually communicating and and having you know clarity on um, and also not just communication, but documented communication because as mm-hmm. you and I both know, unfortunately, these relationships can, even with the best communication, go sideways. And so then unfortunately, you either need to, consider and or actually get legal assistance involved oh absolutely which you and i both have had to do um and not because we want to but because we have to try to um you know find our get a mediator basically find our way out of it because it just sometimes happens that way it's part of the sinful broken systems we live in even if mm-hmm. both people involved have the best intentions um and so you know documentation written communication uh, agreements you know all that stuff is, is very important um because they're just vehicles for clarity and reference mm-hmm. later on. Um, and handshake deals are great. Um, but the longer I've been in business, the longer I've realized that, unfortunately, those are not terribly um, reliable. Well, and, <laughs> right? And, you can and, try to be. And, you and can and be as clear as you want to be.
0: deceptive right? or whether or not they just forget.
1: Well, forget or even just there's so much room for amb- ambiguity at that handshake point, where I've even just seen two very well-intended parties literally interpret the same words very differently. Oh, absolutely. Not cuz they meant to, mm-hmm. right? But you like but if you but if you give certain words that aren't terribly, you know, concise and clear to a client, they're going to naturally always perceive it as positively impossible in their favor Mm -hmm. and the other party is going to potentially you know see them as is either negative or opposite in their favor because as human beings we're very selfish and so therefore you get this delta between and we
0: see everything from our own viewpoint
1: right and and usually in our best you know Mm -hmm. to our advantage right and so anytime there's things and things that are unclear it's i've always had to reference back to um whatever written communication we've had, mm-hmm. you know, be it emails or contracts or whatever other information might be out there.
0: And this is where I—so when we were talking scripture verses, mm-hmm. I, I, I like the verse in Titus because it it, it it uses what I call the rule of three, and this could be referenced in a lot of other areas. But it basically says, hey, at the third time mm-hmm. there's a strike, it's time to consider— um, ending the relationship, mm-hmm. client-customer, uh, we name it, unless you, we can talk it out and say, hey, it's just a misunderstanding. But if something keeps getting broken, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: we need to say, is this something we can live with or is this something, you know what, maybe it's it's time to go, you know, it's time to fire the client and customer, whatever that looks like. Because yeah. if not, it's just going to keep happening over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and so I, I use this with my team members. I use this with my clients. I use this... Um, and, and it's also one of those things in terms of the rule of three. I'm I'm looking a lot for humility because mm-hmm. I've I've seen other people. You know, hey, we agreed to this, and they'll be like, you know, I messed up. I yeah. can work with those people where they're yeah. owning it. Yeah. But if we're just going to fight over and over and over again, it's it's time for us to go our separate directions.
1: Yeah. No. And, and as a as a as an example of that, you know, that was I think a, a good ending to a relationship. Actually, recently I had you know. um, I have started, you know, because of the fact that my work is is so thought-based and it and it is kind of long and it's in its tail. Um, typically, my agreements have about a 30-day um, notice mm-hmm. expectation, right? Like hey, you pay me at the beginning of the month, and if you're not going to pay me again at the end of the month for the next month, just tell me now so we can sort of part ways at the end of the month and I can hand everything off and finish everything up well because it's not something that's easily, again, not transactional. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, it, we had this interesting relationship with a client that I was working with somebody else on, and it, and it abruptly came to an end. Um, might have been referenced previously on a <laughs> I Get Fired episode. Anyhow, had a conversation with them and said, hey, look, you know, I, I have these agreements in my – you know, retainer. And that's with you, the the other firm who we had partnered with. Um, and but I also realized that we sort of came to an unexpected ending that was rather quick, right? Mm-hmm. And so, how do we find a way that works for you, works for me, right? To sort of make our way, find our way out of this in, in a in a mutually um, agreeable way, right? And so, I really appreciated their candor and and even though they didn't have you know immediate Dollars to pay. We basically found a middle ground where instead of me ending in 30 days, I actually am sticking around for 60 days, Mm -hmm. but at half the retainer. So I'm able to provide more value over a longer period of time for a fewer number of hours per week, even though it's a total number of hours you know, so it was, mm-hmm. it was very helpful to have these very, you know, mutually and, beneficial and I'm sure conversations. i that works
0: for them because it cuts down what they have to pay. Their cash it, flow. It yeah. helps you yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. bridge to the next client because exactly. you're pull, pulling everything. And yeah. that is a wonderful example of, you know, they granted they chose when to let go of the client customer, but it, it worked for both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: it, wor- it, it was very helpful in terms of the way it came to an end. So there are very healthy ways to have these conversations. And I think it's it was just a, it was a confirmation that this was a really healthy relationship that I would be more than happy. To, you know, reengage on a, a, a another future opportunity with them because it was, um, it was just it was a healthy conversation. It wasn't even a hard conversation. It was yeah. it was a me recognizing, hey, here's what the agreement we have says. I also recognize that you're facing some issues that were unexpected. They're saying, yep, I agree with you or your assessment. You're not wrong. How about this that might work for us? Mm-hmm. Works for you, right? And so th- there was a mutual understanding and a mutual respect that I think was. Um, Really healthy. Mm-hmm.
0: I was coaching with a client this morning, and it was really cool. She said to me, "She goes, Eric, I'm okay when things end badly, but I need to know why." Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. And what she was saying is, "I'm okay if something happens, but I've got to be able to figure out what that is." Yeah. And so, even when it comes time where we are firing a client or customer or vice versa, let's learn from it mm-hmm. so things are better for the next customer. And hopefully, as we grow, as we get you know, more wise, things keep getting better and better and better, which will benefit future customers, which will benefit future clients. And everyone wins
1: in the end. There you go. Well, good. What do we have up for next week? Hey,
0: next week, speaking on that, when do we change jobs? When is the time if whether you've been with a current uh, company Mm -hmm. for two weeks, two months, two years, 20 years. When is it time to consider changing jobs? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, and that's when I, I, I'm a growth coach. I have a lot of people who contact me, Eric, I need to kind of think through this because mm-hmm. I'm a safe person. And you know, they'll pay me outside of their company and just say, Hey, I need to talk through this. Cause it's, if you're with a co- company for 20 years, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, you don't want to say, Hey, I'm considering leaving. Cause that's going to week in a bridge that's there yeah so hey next week when is it time to change jobs great but until then hey uh feel free to reach out to us go to the consultant and or uh hey we look forward to seeing you then
1: sounds good take care everybody thanks guys